All right, guys, if you want incredible tips and tricks on how to increase your profits and decrease your stress by taking control of the money that's in your business, you are going to want to listen into the today's episode. I know many times we have our head in the sand and we don't want to face our financials head on in our business. I hope that today my CFO, Danae, inspires you to take control, take the reins, increase your profits and be a cognizant business owner with your money so that it's not an expensive hobby, but a profit machine. I hope you guys enjoy. Need some effective tactical advice that actually helps you get results and makes a real difference in your life and business? You've come to the right place. If you're finding yourself here today, it means you're getting ready to gain serious traction in your business, rapidly multiply your income and impact, and you're ready to make it happen while living all out. Guys, I'm Melissa Henault, your trustworthy corporate dropout turned six-figure business burnout turned happy and healthy CEO of a multi-million dollar online business, and you're listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. On this show, we're serving up innovative growth strategies, simple implementation methods to put them into practice, and action-stimulating inspiration tailored specifically for the modern entrepreneur. Let's dive in. All right, guys, we are streaming live with Miss Danae Wolf. I am so excited for this podcast interview. Danae, welcome to the Burnout to All Out show. Thank you for having me. I'm like, I feel like I'm a fan girl, even though I know you, because I actually listened to this show. Like, oh, I actually was listening to an episode this morning. So I'm very excited to be here. Oh my gosh. So, so much fun. So I'm going to give you guys kind of the formal bio for Danae here in just a second, but also, I just want you guys to know that Danae is actually my CFO. She, talk about seeing under the hood of my business. She has really helped me as, you know, customize tracking, looking at numbers and projections. She's really helped create some confidence in my business, whether you guys, whenever you pick this up, wherever you know my story, but the first million was definitely the hardest first million. And I'll, and maybe we'll get into this at some point, Danae, but when cash really starts to run into your business and you've never had that experience before, not having the knowledge of how to really, to really assess the cash in versus cash out and what you're investing in can be really, really overwhelming. And so all of that to say that Danae took me from sleepless nights and chaos and literally like, ugly girl cry moments on the floor from making a million dollars to being in the red to like, how does this happen to her helping me get my shit completely together and being a well-oiled machine where I go to bed at night, wake up in the morning and I know my numbers. She sends me my reports. She customizes everything for me. So I just want to edify you from the get-go of you really helping me clean house when it comes to my numbers and helping instill confidence in me and my team. I send their reports to my team and we review the P&Ls every single month. And they're like little mini CFOs in, in the business because of your help. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for letting us be on the journey with you. Yes. And then secondly, so the formal, right? Like the formal bio for Danae before we dive in is she's a virtual CFO. She's a financial clarity coach and a profit strategist. She helps me set aside 10% every month 
to really put into an asset account for long-term investing, right? Like, why do we work so hard if we're not prioritizing that? She works with big thinking online entrepreneurs to help them increase their profits by designing and implementing financial structures and systems, which she's a genius at. And I'm excited at what you're launching this year. And she understands entrepreneurs because she's done it herself. We're going to talk a little bit about that today. In a past life, she owned a photography business and two restaurant franchises. And running these businesses was where she learned the power of numbers. So excited to have you here, Danae. And I just want to jump like right into your backstory before, because this is burnout to all out, right? Like we like to hear a little story around some, you know, the, the trials and tribulations of entrepreneurship and the pivots and the journeys we've been on. And I'd love to kind of go back to your early days as an entrepreneur and owning those franchises and photography business. Have you always been an entrepreneur? Like, it sounds like you're just a serial entrepreneur. Like, what drew you into the entrepreneurial space to begin with? Yeah. So this is exactly what happened. I graduated in 2007, which was like when the world was falling apart. And everyone was just talking about how hard it was to get a job and people I knew were getting laid off. And I was just like, wait a minute. Like, I just put in all this blood, sweat and tears to get a degree. And in my head, I was going to be like climbing this corporate ladder in heels. I was going to make partner by 30. Like, I had these delusions of this corporate life. And then just based on the timing, I was like, well, this is the worst time to start climbing that ladder. Like I can see them cutting it down as I'd be climbing. Why am I doing this? Right. It was like, I'm going to start my own business because at least if I fail, it's my own fault. And I didn't, I didn't want to feel like I wasn't in control of my life. Mm. And I still look back and I'm like, I don't know how I had that kind of insight being that young. But I told my parents as soon as I graduated, here's the deal. Like, I'm not doing it. I don't want to get a job. I want to start a business. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I need some money. I want to start a business. And my dad was like, no, go get a job. Like, they were just like, no. So I was like, okay, I need to be very methodical about this. If I know I want to own a business, what kind of job can I get? And this was when the book, The Secret, came out. And it really was getting traction and becoming popular. And this whole idea of just like manifesting and visualizing what you wanted. And I'm telling you, my first act of manifestation was this job. I found this female entrepreneur who was eight months pregnant. She ended up inheriting a business from her family. It was kind of a long story, but she lived in Virginia and the business was in Delaware where I was. And the ad was literally like, we need somebody to step in. We're in the middle of construction. They have to do everything like owner is about to be on maternity leave and be out. And I met with her and she was like, I can't train you because I had to take this out to bail out my brother. I don't know anything about it. I'm about to have a baby. You got to do it all. And I was like, sign me up. So I took over in the middle of construction. I had no, I mean, I literally started in September. I had graduated from college in May. So I was so young and I went in, I figured it out. And our first year, I oversaw the whole, she didn't do anything. She had her, she was having her first baby. I scaled it to a million dollars. And I was like, I think I have a knack for this. Like, I think I can do a business. So went to my parents again and was like, give me some money. Let's start a business. And they were like, no, it's like, all right, so I'm going to start a business that doesn't require money. 
And I ended up teaming up with a friend who literally was the most talented photographer. And she said, I'm going to stop doing this because I hate the back end. She was like, I just want to shoot. I don't like the contracts. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I live for the back ends. Like, let's team up. And we formed our own business and we did it. And we learned a lot and we made some mistakes. But that was my first entrepreneurial experience. And then as it took off, we realized it's all happening on the weekends. And we just were not about that life. We we're like, that we don't want to do that. So I'm like, let's kind of stop this now before it just becomes so big that we're like, it's just causing this life decision of now we're giving up all this money to have our weekend. So I was like, let's not even do that. Let's stop it. But it was enough for me to now, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. And that was when I went to my parents again and said, now look at what I did at the photography business. I'm ready to do more. I'm going to do a franchise because the business I was running at work was a franchise. I met with a bunch. Here's everything. I had the numbers, I had everything. And then they said, okay, we'll co-sign on a loan for you. Wow. That's how it ended up happening. And when people say, why did you do a restaurant? I literally, my brother said to me, because I'm like, oh, I got to go to mom and dad and move, like going through all the things. And I said, but I don't even know what business I should do. I just know it should be a franchise. And he said, well, what do you love? And I swear to you, in my early 20s, this is what flew out of my mouth. I love going to the spa and I love to eat. And my brother said, then open a spa or open a restaurant. And those are the franchises I had meetings with. And the restaurant was just really who I vibed with the most. That's how I made. And I still tend to make business decisions like that. Who would I want to go out to dinner with? That's who I want to work with. And that company that we ended up buying into, we didn't have this stuffed shirt meeting in an office. We actually went out for dinner and that's how they conducted business. And that's what I ended up doing. And I bought into that. That's incredible. And you were in your 20s. Yes. So... Any role can or when the doors open on the on the franchise. Wow. That's insane. So tell me some of the wall kicking moments that turned out to be lessons for you that were a blessing, maybe in the long run. All of it. All, all of it. So what happened is when I got into the the business that I owned. I was looking at it through this lens of, remember, I still have this day job and I am running it. And the owner, my boss, doesn't set foot in it. She doesn't do anything. So in my head, that's what it was going to be at my restaurant. And I quickly learned, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work because I wasn't, I didn't have a me, right? She lucked out that I happened to be kick ass at it. But every manager I was getting just could not run the restaurant. So I ended up having to really work in the business. So I was never working on the business. Mm. But in working in it, I really got so hyper good at operations. And if anybody's ever worked in a restaurant, that is like an operational like Tetris game. Like you have to have kind of everything so streamlined. I remember we had these... Now, I know they're SOPs, but at the time, I was just like, here's checklists of how to do, like how to use the oven. And I would laminate it and put it on the wall. And I remember a couple years into the business, the franchise coming to me and being like, hey, can we have your SOPs and like put them on our website? And I'm like, 
what the hell is an SOP? Like, I didn't even know that's what I had created and had hanging everywhere. And then I was doing time blocking before I knew time blocking was a thing. So they knew at 11 a.m., here's what you do from 11 to 12. Like everything was so mapped out. So even though it was such a disaster getting to that place, and I almost felt like things must be so bad if I literally have to say, this is what you do from 10 to 11. But now I'm like, no, it was time blocking. SOPs, like it was getting me in that strong operational mindset which any entrepreneur will tell you how incredibly important that is. Yes. Huge lesson for for me to to get from that experience. That is so good. Okay. So I know, I know that you actually have sold a business on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Now, since we're on the Burnout to All Out podcast, I'm sure my audience would love to know the turning point and how you decided to sell a business and how in the world you were able to sell a business on LinkedIn in like a couple of days. Yeah. This is such a true story. It's crazy. So I actually get goosebumps when I talk about it. So with that first year in business, right, I was just running ragged. I was working all the time and I was losing money at rapid speed. Like I was so broke. I didn't even know you could be broker than broke. I did not know your bank account could go in the negative. So when I ran out of money, I went to the bank that I got the original loan from and I said, hey, I need more money. And they said, okay, well, you need a profit and loss and a balance sheet. And I'm like, well, I don't have those. Like, here's a business plan. Because that's what I gave the first time, right? Because the business wasn't operational. So they demanded that I did a P&L and a balance sheet. And that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I remember sitting at my kitchen table, just sobbing, trying to figure it out because I've had so much noise in my head saying, you're not an accountant. You can't do this. Numbers don't make sense to you. This is not your strong suit, right? Like I need to be laminating something. I need to be in the ops. I need to be talking to the clients. Like it wasn't, it was just this limiting belief that I couldn't do it. But you will be shocked what you can do when you get an eviction notice because I was literally getting evicted from the restaurant. So I was like, okay, I cannot cry. I can't be a puddle this is serious. And remember, my parents had co-signed for the loan. So they were on the line. So I'm like, all right, have to figure it out. So I go in, I do the balance sheet, I do the P&L, I end up securing the loan. And in the process of doing that, everything that was wrong with my business became so clear. Because mm-hmm. the issues jumped off the page at me. So that PL told me what the problems were yep. immediately. And mm-hmm. overnight, legitimately, we became profitable. I was able to hire a manager. I paid off $160,000 in loans in three years and then took the profits from the business and opened a second location, all cash. And wow. this was literally just from reading the PL. From understanding the numbers and making data-driven decisions. Like if you're in, just to give you guys an example, if you are in the food industry, your payroll should be about 18%. Mine was 33%. My food costs should have been below 30. They were 56%. Between those two numbers right there, you ain't going to be profitable. Like no wonder I was getting evicted. So once I put all of that together and I made those changes and we got profitable, 
our revenue never even changed. Marketing is not my strong suit, turns out. So I never raised revenue. I worked with what I had and I was able to make it profitable. And the business ran so smoothly. So when I had my second son, we ended up in a situation where he was a week old and our manager quit. Mm. And fun fact, when I had my first son, my manager also quit when my son was a week old. So in that moment, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it happened again. Like, I can't believe they did it to me again. Because before we'd have the baby, we'd give him a raise, we'd give him a vacation, like all these things and be like, you know, are you at least going to get us through maternity leave? Yes, 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 yes. And then boom, both times it happened. So the second time it happened, I said to my husband, this is, I knew we we're going to have more kids. And I said, this will never happen to me again. I'm going to sell the business. And it was nine o'clock at night. I will never forget it. It was, he was a week old and he had just gotten his tongue tie snipped. And my husband said, you know, you're emotional. Just go to bed. Well, I didn't go to bed. I stood up and my wheels were spinning and spinning and spinning. And I'm like, how do I sell a business? How do I sell a business? And I'm like, do I put it on Facebook? And I'm like, no, it's going to be a bunch of people from high school. Like where? And I'm like, wait, LinkedIn is where the professional people hang out. And someone had just said to me, you need to be on LinkedIn. And I was not on LinkedIn. But, you know, you get toward the end of your pregnancy, you kind of just lay in bed a lot. So I had gotten on LinkedIn like two weeks prior. So at about 10 o'clock at night, I get on LinkedIn, trying to figure out the platform. And I'm just like, okay, this is a franchise. Let me find other owners because they would be the ones who would want to buy it. And I just started engaging on their stuff. And one of the other franchisees commented back to me and ended up sending me a message and saying, hey, I see that you own the two Delaware stores. Now, one of the stores that I owned was actually the number one store in the state. So people knew that location. So I go, yeah, do you want to buy them? And he writes back and goes, yes, actually, can we meet tomorrow? I swear to you, we took that newborn baby. We went and met him at a local restaurant. We had maybe an hour meeting. We brought him all the financials. We left there, took him directly to both stores. We went on a little tour. When we left the second store, by the time we pulled into our driveway, we had an all cash offer in writing. And he said to me, I've never made an offer that quickly but your financials were so clean and you delivered them the next day, right? Like the timing, he was like, so I knew it was just something you always had available. And that told me the kind of locations you're running and I want them. Wow. Now that gives me goosebumps. It was wild. Yeah. It was wild. so good. Well, and, and I think that the, the story here or the piece that I really want to highlight is Sometimes you have to fall to know where you stand. Sometimes like you have to go through the darkest hour before light. And you never would have gotten your shit together had you not gotten into such a bad place, right? And I think back to you and I like last October when I was in tears because I'm like, I don't understand. Like we, you know, like I've made a million dollars, but I'm in the red this month. I don't understand how to manage all this money. It's not making sense to me. And I remember you looking me in the eye and saying, this will never happen to you again. She was like, you're going to be fine and you're going to figure this all out and we're going to get it all organized and it'll be such a lesson for you. It'll never happen again. And 
Now I know you're also speaking from experience, right? And I remember you saying you will actually be a better business owner because of this. Yes. yes. So true. So, so good. Okay. Such a good story. We could talk about that forever. Okay. So tell me about your transition into the virtual CFO space from selling off the franchises with a second newborn. So what happened was when I first had the aha moment and I still just had the one restaurant and I was working toward paying off the loans, I could not believe that I had made a business profitable overnight. So I started volunteering at our women's business center up in Wilmington to teach female entrepreneurs the power of knowing their numbers. And I would come and I would bring food. So it was like marketing for me. And I would teach these classes and I would just tell them, listen, this is what happened when I got my numbers together. I instantly became profitable. Like this is when I say I'm going to teach you how to be profitable. I'm not going to teach you marketing. I don't know. I can't increase your sales, but I can show you how to work with what you've got. And in teaching those classes, women started asking, can I hire you? Can I hire you? And I'm like, no, like I have two restaurants. I got kids. Like I have all this stuff going on. And once I actually sold the businesses, I was just like, okay, well, I, at this point I had quit my corporate job and I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to be home with, with the babies. And we sold the businesses in the beginning of the summer. And by the end of the summer, I was like, oh, mama's bored. <laughs> <laughs> I got to do something. And I remembered there was one specific woman who had asked a lot at the WBC, the Women's Business Center, if I would work with her. And I reached out to her. I reached out to one person, one. And I said, you know what? Like I've sold the restaurants. You know, the baby's older. Bryce is going into preschool. I do have some time. And I remember I met with her at Panera. And she was my first client. And from one client, I got the confidence to say, I'm going to do an email. Like, I'm just going to send out an email. And I remember I literally just randomly had like this stack of business cards that I had gotten for, because at Primo's, people would like post, that, that was my restaurant, would post just to like market their businesses. And I took them when I sold the restaurants and there were 30 business cards when I went through that. I was like, these are businesses I or in my wheelhouse. And I sent one email to 30 people and I got one more client. And from those two women that I still work with to this day, everything just very naturally started to happen and grow. Wow. So cool. And so organic. No so organic. So organic. Yes. Okay. So before we dive into the specifics of the CFO perspective and really diving into your zone of genius and, and bringing that forward to our audience. I want to talk about you're such a genius with systems and automation and process. I know this from working with you. I can tell the reports that come to me that are like, you know, they're planned, they're automated. I mean, everything about your email system when someone responds all the way down to as a mom of three, I know you have a house manager too, and you're a sauna board and how, like how people always ask me, like, how do you get so much shit done? And I'm like, because A, it's not just me and B, I'm organized as fuck, right? So yes. I'm curious for you to share with the audience because you guys are hearing what a high performer Danae is and all the things she's been able to juggle. And I think it comes with being able to automate and to be really organized and delegate. 
Hey friend, I just wanted to pop in to remind you that I'm hosting a free, yep, you heard that right, free masterclass. In this masterclass, I'm sharing the exact organic lead generation tactics I use to scale my income from $0 to 1 million in just 19 months. Thousands of service-based business owners, coaches, and sales pros have already attended this masterclass and watched their sales skyrocket. If you want to accelerate your lead gen results and optimize your business's profitability, you do not want to miss this opportunity to learn how to leverage the world's premier business network for free. Again, this is for business owners and entrepreneurs who want to generate thousands of leads without tirelessly fighting to get eyes on their brand. If that sounds like you, here's what I want you to do. Head to the show notes of this podcast episode for the link to sign up for the LinkedIn Lead Gen Masterclass. The URL is www.livethefreelife.co slash the dash masterclass. After you register, go and block out time in your calendar for each masterclass training session. Get really intentional about how you prepare yourself for this learning experience so that you're able to fully absorb the information, put it into action, and start seeing the results. Can't wait to see you there. Can you speak to any and all of those topics as to like being a mom of three, running your business? I mean, now you you also have a coaching program. You've got the online. We'll talk about that in a bit. But like, how do you do it all? What's your magic secret? Yeah, I don't do it all. I don't. Okay. I really just organize the chaos. And my job is really to make sure that everyone is doing what they are supposed to do. And I've designed what they are supposed to do. But then it's just upkeep and maintenance. And I'm very good at looking at everything in my personal life and my business and saying, what requires me? right? So tucking my kids into bed, that is me. That is me. Reading them a story, that is me. But I don't need to pack their dang lunch. That's right. Like that is just not something that's a good use of my time. Do I need to sit down and have dinner with my family? Yes. Am I the person who needs to cook it and plate it and put it in? No, no. So I'm really, really good at figuring out what I need to do and what I want to do, and then figuring out the best person to do the rest of the crap. Mm. I keep like what you expect, you have to inspect. Mm -hmm. So everything that has to get done, there is a process. Like there is a specific day when laundry happens here. There is a specific day when we make returns because I don't know how it's possible, but we have returns every week, whether it's to the mall and all over the place. There's a specific day when we do that. There's a specific day when the meals for the following week get outlined and the menu is done and the grocery list is done. And then a specific day when she picks up the groceries. There has to be a method to the madness because otherwise you're always just going to feel like you're drowning. And I don't want to just feel like I'm like surviving. Like I always wanted to feel like I was thriving. And one of the things when I first got pregnant with my first son, I read some of these mommy blogs are like doom and gloom, right? You're never going to shower again. Forget having a hot cup of coffee. I mean, it was a lot of, you know, negativity. And I just thought, 
these women are like very in their head. So how can I be proactive? And I went to therapy and I had never done therapy pregnant. And they were like, why are you here? And I was like, I'm here because everything I'm reading tells me I'm going to be a shit show in about six months. How do we prevent it? And just really learning to be like very on top of it. I made my husband read a book on postpartum depression, like just everything so that I can try to stay ahead of it because you there's so much out of our control, so much. So for me, anything I can control, I'm going to at least freaking try. I'm going to. So I've always just been very methodical with that and really making sure that I have help and I have support. So when I have a baby, it's all hands on deck. And if that means the nanny's here and my mom is here and my cousin came in for a couple of days, whatever we can do, because I'm never going to be ashamed or afraid to ask for help because I try to look at everything in my life and everything that I do with, does this make me the best version of me for my kids? Like even my calendar, the background is a picture of them. Mm-hmm. which it took me an hour to figure out how to do that. But it is a, a background of them. And I am very intentional with anything that goes on it. Is this something that's going to serve me and make me better so that I can be the best version of me for them? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times women, especially men are pretty good at this, but women, especially, we just get so lost in the to-do list and the things and we don't take that moment to just be CEO of not just our business, but our life and say, you know, what needs me and what can be outsourced? And if you do that, it changes everything. And taking it a step further is once you outsource, you know, what's the process? How how do you do it? How does your laundry get done in your house? It sounds like I'm nuts, but guess what? This house runs like a well-oiled machine. And if you show up here Tuesday unannounced at 11 a.m., my house is spotless. That's right. I love it. I love it. I feel like we live parallel lives. Do you know your Enneagram number? Are you an eight? Do you know? Yes. I knew it. I knew it. Me too. And I'm all about control, right? Oh my gosh. So good. Uh, Yes. The meal preps are on Monday. All the laundry is done on Tuesday. It's run on Monday. It's folded on Tuesday because all of meal prep is Monday so that there's lots of healthy food for the week. I love it. She just went out to return and drop off all kinds of stuff. So I I love it. You're a sister from another mother. So I hope you guys are taking note on that. I love the aspect of like, and we do this too. I don't pack lunches either, right? And it's like, I don't have to pack the lunches. Why does it have to be me, right? Never has to be me. Same with the food, right? But I can make sure that my kids are nourished healthily and so is the family. I can delegate it and own that that piece of it. But I love what you said. And I, you know, it's kind of like, lifting lifting the hood up and seeing how the houses operate is very similar to how the business is operated, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump into how entrepreneurs can increase their profits and decrease their stress by taking control of their money in their business. Tell us some tips that are some of the top mistakes maybe that business owners like me are making right now that they could address. Right now, I mean, you turned your business from, you know, bleeding money to profitable overnight. You also helped me do that. And we continually sit down. We need to do it this year. Like we have, we're looking at tripling our revenue this year, right? So it's like operating costs are going to go through the roof. Like how do we make sure that we're doing that properly? So tell us some of the top mistakes business owners are making right now that could take them from a loss to profit. Yeah. So, so many things. 
when you are running a business and it happens to everybody, right? Nobody really wants to talk about the money. The money is, it's just this, this social thing, right? Nobody wants to talk about it. You're not supposed to talk about it. You know, money, religion, politics, all those things. But we really love to talk about all the shiny fun stuff, right? Like I'm on your podcast today. I was blowing up my girlfriend's phones like, oh my God, about a show I listened to, da, 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 da. right? That, that's the fun stuff. But like, I'm not texting them being like, my profit margin last month was da, 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 right? That's not normalized. It's not the stuff we talk about. So in entrepreneurship, we really go in and we get really fixated on our colors and our brands and our website and our social media and, and really these vanity metrics that are not moving the needle, right? I always say like the empress has no clothes. Like I can't tell you how many people have applied to work with us and I go to their social media and they appear to be these huge, huge companies. And then you pop the hood and you look at the books and you're like, you're not making any money. You're not making any money. Like you have this intricate content process and this marketing plan and this and that, but did you take the time to see like what your bottom line is? And the answer is no. They get so caught up in all the other things. And I get it. We have to wear 17 hats, right? So there's so many things we have to do as entrepreneurs. But a lot of times, just because of the stigma with it and our, our limiting beliefs and our mind blocks, we don't even want to deal with the money stuff, right? So we know we have to market our business, right? Some of us love it and it's our jam. Some of it we're like, oh, it's not our thing. But guess what? We'll sit there and watch a webinar and take a course and figure it out and learn it. But we are way more hesitant when it comes to learning the money stuff because of this money story and the mindset that we have from childhood. That's really where it stems from. You didn't grow up hearing Facebook ads don't grow on trees, right? You don't go into teaching yourself how to be the HR lady or your marketing guru, or your admin, anything else, the roles you play in your business, you don't have limiting beliefs behind them. You don't have these these deep roots from childhood already determining how you feel about your marketing, right? Right, right. You do with your money. You do with your money. So it's one of those things that people just avoid, avoid, avoid. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that you have to do, and the biggest thing, and write this down, guys, If you don't know what's going on in your bank account, you don't know what's going on in your business. Bottom line, I cannot tell you how many people we've sat down, we pop the hood and we tell them what's going on. And they're like, what? We just had this happen back to back, back to back. One of our clients said, this is my best service. Best service makes me the most money, yada, yada. We run the thing. It was her worst. Fast forward to the other day, onboarding a brand new client. She says, oh, that's my worst service. I'm getting rid of it. When we pulled the data, she was shocked. It was her most profitable. So she was like, we need to get off the call because I need to redo my marketing because I was taking that off the menu. She right. was, oh, that's nothing. And I'm like, wait a minute, don't discount it. Like I was like, I get your gut and your intuition. We need to make data-driven decisions. We need, what are the numbers telling us? Your numbers tell the story of your business. Yes. Are you reading the book? Are you listening to your numbers? Your numbers are screaming at you. 
But if you have blinders on, if you've got earplugs in, you're not listening. Yes. Oh my gosh. No way. This is that you do. It's so good. And actually, I talked about you on my last podcast, and I want I want to talk about this for a hot minute because it is so important. And years previous, I wasn't as cognizant, and it was by doing business with you and partnering with you that I've been able to be a more cognizant business owner in business planning. So one of the things I mentioned, I did a podcast last last episode on how to plan for a business retreat. I listened um, to that this morning. Yay! I talked about you in there. One of the things I reached out to Danae's team about twice because I wanted like preliminary numbers in like October, November to see where we were. And then right before I went out for the retreat, your team gave me line by line because we have multiple offers. We've got the academy. We've got the agency. We've got business basics. We've got one-on-one coaching. We've got live events like da 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 right? And your team gave me this perfect line item by line item of exactly how much money each one of my businesses was making for me. And I think this is a really valuable point because what I was able to do as an educated business owner with the data you gave me was map it out on the wall and look at 2022 and and what I want to do in 2023, look at the profits for each and ask myself energetically, how much did this suck out of me? Financially, how much money did it make me? Do I enjoy it, right? And what I found, and I'm very transparent about my numbers, we were like right at a million dollars this past year. And the majority of it, almost half the revenue came from LinkedIn Method Academy, which love that aspect of the business. One of the line items was our agency, and it did about a little under 200,000. So like 20% of the profit in the business. And it kept coming back to me of like, that's a really hard business to run. And it takes a lot of time for me. And it takes a lot of time for my team. And it's pulling them away from the things that are creating more profit and joy in our business, right? And as I sat down with my business coach, he challenged me to same thing. He said, your goal in 2023 is to do 200K in the agency, but your total financial goal is 3.5 million. And he said, so what if I told you you didn't take on any more new clients in the agency and you made 3.2 or 3.4, I'm bad at math, 3.3 instead? How does that feel? And I'm like, it feels great. I would take a 200K hit to like not have to juggle and manage all of it. Reserve but my, energy. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't have been able to make an informed business decision if Danae didn't keep me on track with all of my numbers. I might have been like, no, I've got to hold on to this thing because it was 20% of our profit last year, but it's projected to be 7% of it this year. But it takes about 40% of my energy to manage it. And that matters. That really, really, really matters. Especially like one of the things when I just think about like, you know, what are my guiding principles when it comes to money? And one of the big ones for me is never forget your why. And I know we have very similar, our whys are we want to be present with our kids, right? We want those memories, the traditions. So you have to make money in alignment with your values and with your why. And if there's something that's sucking you energetically, you might stumble your way to the dinner table, but you're you're not at 100% because right. it took so much energy. And you can do something for an hour that sucks you and you can do something for an hour that brings you joy and brings you up. And when you walk out, even though it's the same time commitment, 
you physically will feel very different when you hit the dinner table. And you have to think about that when I know with us, we have the same goals with where we see ourselves as mothers and and wives. Right. Ah, so true. So good. What about any tips on how to decrease stress by taking control of the money? I know one of the things you said is like, look at your numbers. So I like meticulously look at them every single month. Well, what can entrepreneurs do to to decrease their stress? Yes, this is, this is, I'm so big on this. So I think a lot of times people hear like the word budget and people don't like the word budget and it just has like these negative thoughts. So we're going to use the word plan, but just so you people know, it's the same thing. Okay. So you have to have a financial plan. And a lot of people look at plans as being limiting, right? So we are a Disney family. We are, we Disney through and through. We go more than once a year and you're either a Disney family or you're not. And the people who aren't always say the same thing to me. They're like, Oh, you have to have a plan when you go there. You got to do this and then that. And you have to have everything mapped out. And I'm like, Hello. Why do you think I love it? The reason why I like plans and I like routines is because I can actually be in the moment and be present because I don't need to say to my kid, oh, wait, I'm on the map. Let me check the app and do this. So you want to have a nice moment with me in Magic Kingdom, but mommy's distracted. No, I know exactly where I'm going because when my brain was in this state of planning, right? Because you have to make sure you're in the right state of mind when you do anything. I mapped out the day. I didn't try to map out the day with a kid pulling me this way, a kid pulling me that way, a melted ice pop on my shirt. Like, you're too frazzled. So when you have a plan, instead of thinking about it as being limiting, you need to think about it as this allows your brain to be at ease. You Mm. just have to follow the plan. I don't go shopping and worry, can I afford this? No, I have a plan. I know exactly what I'm going to do, what I can do. And if we exceed the plan, great, fun money. But when you have this plan, it really gives you this peace of mind and your brain can be on autopilot. Your brain doesn't have to be thinking as much because Mm. everything is laid out for you. And what I loved about your episode, the one I was listening to uh, this morning, you talk about how you get there the night before. You talk about how you make sure you are removed, right? Well, why is that? Because you're getting your mind in the right state, right? We can't be on the fly planning, right? Now, listen, we need to be able to pivot. Like every entrepreneur knows that. Hello, COVID. You got to be able to pivot. But outside of a pandemic, you have to be able to get yourself to that state of mind when all is clear and you can create a plan. Then when you're in the moment, you don't have to overthink it. You're just following the plan that you know you set out with intention. Those plans completely decrease your stress because you don't want to operate your business coming from a place of constantly putting out fires. That's not going to work. You want to make sure that you were intentional. You set the right plan. What I always tell people is if you do it right the first time, you won't have to do it again. And those plans are going to create such freedom. But again, this is part two, right? Remember before when I said, when you outsource things, what do you have to do? You have to have a way to to measure it. With your plans, what you expect, you must inspect. So that means you don't just set it and forget it, right? No, we actually have to make sure, are we sticking to it, right? You have to follow it 
and stick to it. So you can't, it's not just enough to, to go to the cabin and have these great plans and then go home and think everything's going to, no, you're not going to manifest that to just happen if you're not actually putting in the work. So making sure that you create a plan, that's step one. Step two is what is the process to following up on it and yes. measuring it and making sure it's actually happening. That is going to eliminate all of your stress, all of your stress. I love it. And you would be so happy. You talk about delegate and measuring. When I left the cabin, I was like, someone needs to be in charge of presenting our sales data and tracking it every single month. So I now have a sales manager who we build a dash for her. And she's literally every at the beginning of every month is reviewing with the entire team. Here's the financials, right? Here's how much we spent. There's months where we blow it out of the water and are way up there in the green. And there's months where we're absolutely in the red because we've sold nothing. And it's like really important for them to see you know, where that where that puts us and where we're tracking for the year and where are we going to make up for the loss yes. if we didn't hit numbers here or, you know, or manage the the cash influx that's coming in. So I love this. This is so good. Well, Danae, I know we're kind of running out of time. Any final advice to the online entrepreneurs? I mean, anybody really, but I know my audience are mostly online entrepreneurs, but any final advice for these guys that can help them in their money? Yeah, I would say really that first step is just getting your mind right. You have to be open to receive and you have to just remind yourself you started your business to make money. Bottom line, right. I think there's a lot of talk of if you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reason. Well, all those gurus who are telling you that, you're paying them for them to tell you that. Unless they're running a nonprofit, they are full of shit. <laughs> we are in it to make money. Yeah, your passion dictated the type of business you started, right. but that number one reason was you were trying to put money in your pocket. Yep. So don't lose sight of that. Remember why you're here. You're here to make money. And because you're an entrepreneur, we are blessed that we get to do it, doing something we love. I absolutely believe in that. We have to have passion. The more passionate you are, the more money you will make. But the number one reason we're here is to make money. So always get back to that and remind yourself and look at the way that your business is being run. And I would really encourage them to look at the demand of time for marketing, admin, HR, all those things and put money on the table and see how much time am I allocating to that? Mm. You know, it's like the redheaded stepchild. Nobody pays attention to it and make it a part of your routine. The same way you're tracking what your salespeople are doing and tracking all those things, actually re be reviewing your numbers and seeing, am I putting money in my pocket? Yeah, so good. Otherwise, it's just an expensive hobby, right? Yes, <gasps> absolutely. So good. Well, if you guys are loving all the things that Danae is sharing and you're interested in learning more and her genius in helping me operate my business and really turning it into a profit machine from bottoming out after, you know, making money, you guys should check her out. Danae, what do you have going on next? Do you have uh, a masterclass? Talk I'm about so it. Excited. I am hosting a free masterclass next week. It is the Entrepreneurial Wealth Masterclass. And if you guys want to check it out, I can we drop a link in the in the chat? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have the team drop it in the chat if you send you it to me. Call. Yeah, we'll get you guys the link. You can register. We're going to be meeting every day next week on 
them so I can see your faces. And you guys are really going to walk away after those five days with some financial clarity and confidence. So that is we're amazing. excited to do that next week. So, the, and we're streaming live right now. The recording and the podcast drop will be probably after your masterclass. So uh, where can people find you or connect with you if they're listening to this? And next week, which is the week of the 23rd of January, if you're listening to this after that, where can they come find you, potentially work with you, learn from you, all the things? Great. You can head over to LinkedIn. I'm on there as Danae Wolf, D-E-N-A-I-W-O-L-F-E. Or you can find me on Instagram at the Chic CFO, C-H-I-C-C-F-O. Thank you so much, Danae. Yeah, this was so fun. Thanks, guys, so much for listening in on today's podcast episode. I can't wait for you to see my upcoming guest in the next episode. You are going to love this keynote speaker. Hey, here's the deal. If you liked this, please subscribe and leave a review. And you want the latest online business growth strategies and exclusive LinkedIn pro tips sent straight to your phone? Text the word UPDATES to 1-833-310-7171. Again, text the word UPDATES to 1-833-310-7171. Can't wait to see you guys. Come find me over on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you like to hang. I cannot wait to hear how you are enjoying and applying what you're learning. You guys reach out to me over on social because I love hearing what's resonating with you. When you reach out to me and you send me those personal DMs, they really do impact the content I continue to bring forward to you. So again, come find me, Melissa underscore Hinault over on Instagram, Melissa Hinault over on LinkedIn and Facebook. Can't wait to see you guys over there.